everybody. Welcome to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klemzeski with Adam Atkinson, as always, but with Austin Kiergaard joining us, who will do this from time to time now. Uh, we're going to talk today in a feature format, so 20 to 30 minutes, about judging feedback, how we can interpret that, what it may mean, and then some actionable steps. And uh, Adam, since we're getting close to a thousand episodes in Contest Prep, we We've addressed this a few times, but I, I really want to focus in today on those actionable steps because Austin and I were talking about some different client scenarios and, and judging feedback. And as always, it's it's open to interpretation and you know anything subjective uh, is sometimes hard to pull apart. But if you can give yourself any objective distance, you know, the, the emotions are high at the show, that sort of thing. But if you're able to do some comparisons, say, okay, here's what these judges are telling me who don't necessarily know me. They may have never even seen me before versus this is what I know I'm capable of. This is what I know I can do. This is how I can compare myself to other versions of myself. And then, you know, against the other people in the, in the audience. But uh, Adam, first of all, just knowing that we've talked about this so much, is there anything in this contest season you're seeing in judging trends and and the kind of feedback you're getting from judges in different divisions? I feel like it's pretty similar. They're really forcing and helping the, the athletes, at least the NPC, understand the judging criteria. Uh, a lot of people think it has changed, but the competitors have just simply evolved to where they have better physique. So you know, before you could maybe have someone a little bit more conditioned, you know, outdo somebody who's not conditioned, but they're all coming in conditioned. Uh, I think conditioning is a big part of it. But now it's like in, in bikini, the development must be so great that they aren't as lean, but look conditioned. Uh, and I think that's really where the rubber's meeting the road. A lot of them have shape. Uh but the best shapes tend to stand out and Jen Dory being a two-time champion just won, well, just won her second Olympia uh, this year. And I think she really nailed the criteria while she had just the right amount of conditioning. Uh, and she just has amazing shape, amazing presence. Uh, the moment she walked out on stage, she just always has that it factor and that's really hard to describe, but I even think us as coaches have those athletes where they walk in and they meet with us and you see their physique for the first time and you think, how did I get so lucky to have this client choose me to coach that, <laughs> you know, and uh, not to say there's not things that you work on but they just carry themselves in such a confident manner that I think there's almost sometimes no amount of posing practice you could do to, to have somebody do that. <laughs> so I'm pulling up photos right now of the Olympia. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, you and I have talked about this now going on probably almost five years in contest prep university, the, the evolution of classes and divisions and, um, you know, looking at this year's Miss Olympia, um, I mean, compare that to five years ago. And obviously the size is just tremendously, you know, substantially different. Uh, this this borders on 
you know, what a Mesolibia figure may have been back then, but with just the different type of posing, would, would you agree or, or am I not accurate? You know, I think it would have been Angelica at that time who was winning the Olympia. She, she had some pretty good development. I don't think she quite had the upper body development that maybe Jen had, but I think it was pretty close. But I will say this, I think you saw less competitors come in with that kind of development. And she kind of set the standard for the many, many of off seasons people took to get to that level now. Mm -hmm. So Austin, uh, in your viewpoint being a judge and and having competitors on stage consistently uh when 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 a client comes to you and says hey here's how i did coach and here is the judge's feedback what 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 do you often think of when you're you're reading that or maybe even what's your first reaction i try to first off understand where the judge is coming from because that's that's what the topic is right like what how do i interpret this judge's feedback um and it's tough because it is subjective. So what judges do, right, when we're judging, I've judged in four different organizations. Each organization has their criteria. And so judges are trying to take that criteria, take their experience, interpret that criteria, and then form their thoughts and opinions of that criteria with the athletes. Meaning like, okay, I think and I feel that these athletes are placed in such order based upon what my understanding of the criteria is. So I've tried to explain that to my athletes. Um, and to, to Adam's point, I think the athletes have evolved because I know uh, with, since we've been talking about bikini with the natural organizations, I've seen this now across the board. Some organizations were faving bikini girls to come in a little more conditioned. It's all now across the board with judges from me judging a panel or being on a judging panel to me just sitting in the stands as a coach and, and talking to other judges, it's fuller. Like the, the, the term is just constantly fuller. And I think it's so misused right now um, because if I'm looking and I'm like, okay, so this person placed ahead of you because they're fuller, what does that mean? Um, are, are, and I think it's important for a judge or a coach to give the context of that. Like, are you saying this athlete's not full at all? Um, so if that's a no, then that leads me to believe it's not necessarily fuller, it's bigger. And this kind of goes, I think, with what you were both saying. I think that in bikini, just whether it's natural or 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 IFBB, Miss Olympia, like the, the ladies are getting bigger, but not like it's it's bigger and it's more symmetrical. You know, I think Adam had messaged uh just talked about like the shape. You know, there needs to be shape. There needs to be some conditioning. It seems like the conditioning is not as big of a priority as it maybe was a few years ago. It's still important. It's still a big piece to that puzzle. Um, but with every single organization, it's just full, need to be fuller, need to be fuller. Well, it's like, okay, at what point, at least in natural bodybuilding, I know we've discussed this in previous talks, at what point do bikini girls in the natural world get too full to now they should jump into wellness? And that's where we're running to an issue because there's not that definitive line. I think they've done a good job with the NPC and IFBB from what I've seen is you can start to now see the difference between like, here is your bikini. This is the standard Jandori. Here is your, um, your Miss Olympia wellness. Like here's the standard. So I think they're starting to formulate that because it's new, but with a lot of the other natural organizations, it's just so hard to right now differentiate like, okay, you want fullness, but 
isn't that person too full and maybe should be wellness? Well, no, because of what, and and that because of what has just been really hard to get from a lot of people on a, on a consistent basis where us as judges are on the same page with that. So that makes it difficult. So I explain all of that to say, I really try to give the context to my athletes, say, this is what they're trying to tell you. And here's what we can do to work on that. Here's some things that we can change to your point. That's what we're going to get into today, right? Is the tangible things. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I want to get to, because as I sit here and look at the top five at the Olympia bikini, I mean, I definitely see a couple of people, including Dory, who arguably, you know, could be wellness a couple of years ago. But as, as Adam said, there, there is a little bit less conditioning for the sake of fullness. And if that's what the judges are wanting, you know, that is certainly a little bit of an evolution over the last few years. But uh, I, I love what you said about fullness, which is very arbitrary for a judge who doesn't know you to determine you and me looking at our clients morning, noon, and night for weeks and months at a time. We know when they're full or flat or could be a little bit tighter, this or that. A judge, just no freaking way. I mean, you know, you you might be able to generally say you look kind of flat. I don't know what you look like normally, but you look a little flat to me just because I, I'm looking at the skin tone. I'm looking at this. But to say you were this or that, you really do have to put in context, like you said, it just could be size, just as in people say, well, you're holding a little water. No, you just may have been a little bit too high in body fat. Um, you know, there has to be some kind of a context point, you know, a data point to compare to. If a judge, you know, saw you yesterday and today, this morning and this evening, then you could say, wow, you really changed this way between prejudging and night show, et cetera. But um you know, one of my one of my pet peeves with judging is just that, you know, they they make these grandiose dogmatic statements to a competitor. Here's what you need to work on. Well, for what? I mean, if there's I mean, we know there is a gold standard. If if I know my delts are a weak point or, you know, I have a hard time getting lean enough somewhere in my body, lower body, you know, that's that's a context point I can accept because that's something I know about my body. But that, that's what I think every competitor has to keep in mind in, in getting to actionable steps. Um, Adam, when when you do get a you know tough call, a, a client didn't quite get over the, the finish line like they wanted, and a judge says, here's what we need to do, uh, talk about the difference between what could be a peaking issue and what just has to be an off-season issue. Yeah, I'm glad we're speaking about fullness and me and Austin described the same thing completely differently because I had to laugh about that because it's exactly what we're leading into. Is this fullness a peaking issue or is it a development issue? And it could be both, right? Or it could be one or the other. Um, and I think this is where judging language is so important. And just to your point, one judge really isn't going to know if a client's holding water or not based on just seeing their physique, unless they're, you know, really a scientist of the sport, which I tend to see a little less of the knowledgeable um the judges are judging. I really respect what they do, but not a lot of them are coaching to determine full or flat or looking for vascularity or water cutting. But um, also, I, I think it's just a polite thing to say someone was holding water versus them saying you were, you know, not lean enough or didn't have enough body fat. 
so everyone's in that different evolution of life. But yeah, to your point, I, I do think that you can get feedback that is in a language that describes a peaking issue and maybe even it's not. Um, sometimes you really have to look at, are you looking at a stage video, which is filmed about three feet higher than the actual stage shot. So I always tell my girls, if you want to really look at your glutes and see how your glutes looked on stage, look at your stage shots as long as they're good and you were in transition versus the video, which is shot up about another two and a half to three feet. So it's um, it really does kind of come down to the nuances of where you're even getting your feedback from. Was it a live judge or you gain your feedback off of photos? And then even in the photos, were you in your back pose fully or not? Or were you in your posing? They could have caught you in transition. So you really even have to even look at those variables when you're getting feedback also. But I, going back to it, I think language is key and and also the comprehension of your client on what they hear. So it's really important for the coaching client to talk about what all that means. And it could be because you mentioned that it can be both. It can be a peaking issue, it can be a developmental off-season issue. And I have a, a young gentleman competing uh, in Indonesia this weekend. Um, you know, great, great modeling athletic look for, you know, men's physique. And, you know, the tiniest, tiniest little waist, really broad back, just, you know, the perfect oblique tie-ins. I mean, he just has the shape, the, the arm structure, the chest delts. Like, I'm like, wow, this kid is a rock star. But there could be people coming in bigger, you know, I'm just like, he's, he's a drug-free guy competing in, in a, in an untested arena. And so as we were going over, you know, should I compete in novice? Should I compete in the under 23, you know, open blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, look, you're, you're going to have a future, but what I'm seeing right now, we're erring on the side of being tight. We want to just make sure you're nailing this. He's, he's, he has, he's a small, small guy, but we really have to be aggressive with peaking because I know you're going to run into guys who just have more size. And so developmentally, he just has what he has. He's not going to be the biggest guy, but he's got nice full muscle bellies. When he fills up well, he fills up well. I mean, he's you, you can look 10 pounds bigger. So that's where peaking can change or modify what the judge's opinion is. Because if you just look developmentally bigger and you just happen to crush an aggressive peak without spilling over, you know, you just kind of gave the illusion that you were really bigger than you were. Uh, and that can work in reverse. But uh, Austin, you know, going back to, you know, especially bikini figure, uh, knowing that there are always these really small nuances between trying to have the right level of conditioning without compromising, going a little too far, you know, as we're talking about with Miss Olympia this year and and just having, you know, a little bit more fullness and maybe you don't need quite as much conditioning. Um, do you think judges across the board can be consistent with the criteria? Do you see that generally? Because, you know, with highs and lows thrown out, seven to nine people on a panel, do you think they're getting it right most of the time? Yeah, I think... I would say NPC, IFBS, I see it more consistently. Um, in a lot of the natural organizations, I think it's kind of all over the chart, unfortunately. What 
I think makes the difference and is, you know, the judges need to have some sort of discussion, whether it's an email thread or a judge's meeting just before the show. And there needs to be deep discussion of defining the terms, you know, of, okay, so here's what we're looking for today in, in bikini and bodybuilding and figure. This is what we're looking for. We're looking at the comparison of who's at the top. So, for example, like I judge uh, OCB shows, their their world championship is called the Orton. So there's always this discussion with judges of we need to kind of base our athletes around the Orton, kind of like NPC. Like, well, we want to base our athletes around the Olympia. Like, this is the standard, right? We want to set the standard. So there's that. Okay, well, now what does that mean? Because if we just say that, every judge in that little meeting has now interpreted that differently. What does that mean? So there needs to be context within the judge's communication as well. So for example, before our call, I was talking to a judge of the uh, International Pro Elite, the IPE. Um, He is a world level judge. He judges at their world's competition. And we were having a a discussion similar to this just over the phone. Um, And for him, he looks at, uh, at least in bikini, he's looking at the fullness and the symmetry and the presentation okay, but now there's, you know, six other judges on the panel with you. Are they looking at the same thing? So like I said, I haven't seen as much sporadic judging in the NPC and IFBB. Um, It's a little more sporadic, I think, in the natural organization because now they've entered in this new division of wellness. So I think they're trying to figure that out. Figure, um, you know, you brought up figure, so that's why I'm bringing that up. But I, I see that's pretty consistent, like figure bodybuilding. The one type of like divisions that re- do require a little more conditioning, classic physique, things like that. They seem to be getting those right. The big question mark right now in, in those other organizations is bikini and wellness. That seems to be really a lot of the, the misconfusion on that. And it all comes down to, again, the context, defining what those terms actually mean, providing examples, making sure everyone understands that. Um, again, to your point, you're going to throw out the high and the low because it's subjective. You're still going to have people that are like, well, I don't know this to me, this is too hard. And to me, this isn't full enough. And, um, so I think, you know, ultimately an athlete needs to take the feedback for what it is. It's for feedback. Uh, I agree with Adam. It could be uh, an off season thing. It could be a peaking thing. Um, I think at the end of the day, we really have to look at what's being said and really kind of defining that. And then, you know, judges in my opinion when judges give feedback like i will always provide here was my reasoning to your placing here's what i would recommend and how to do and change that i think that can help a lot of athletes unfortunately not all judges do that it's you know nope you got to just be harder you got to be fuller you know holding too much water i just personally don't think that that does a lot for the athlete i think if the judge can give a little more um hey your shoulders were not quite as round as this person. So that took a little bit away from the symmetry or you pose like this and it made your waist look a little bit wider. If you twisted your waist like this, that's going to snatch that in a little bit. It's going to give you more of that. That gives the athlete something to work on. That also gives the coach. Like I've had that too. Like I went and talked to judges for my athletes. Like, Hey, can I ask this? And if it's, they need to bring up their legs, what specifically so I can help design their program to make sure we can make that as an improvement for the next season. So that's from what the judges need to do, in my opinion, and what the coaches and athletes need to do in in that whole communication channel. That's a really good point. I I was just going to say, I often judge judges based on the kind of feedback they give. And and I have, I have told clients like that judge is just a total idiot. Like they have no idea what they're even saying because it's, it's useless. 
I, I would like anybody listening to this to, to do a little experiment. Um, you know, we, we all practice our posing. You're looking in a mirror and maybe you're videotaping it to get that kind of feedback, which is fantastic. Uh, put the camera 30 degrees over here as if it's the judge on that end and, and do your posing toward, you know, where, you know, that judge is not like the head judge should be there. That's where you're posing toward, but put your camera over there and then go put it over there. Because what we often don't realize is just how different we look from different points of the stage. And I mean, all we can really do and being cognizant with that is in a lineup without fidgeting and, and, you know, just just completely blowing your look, you have to make sure that you are, you know, moving a little bit here and there, just make sure you're engaging the different sides of the judging panel. I, I will, I will tell this story until the day I retire. One of my clients, I actually went to New York to the pro universe with, and in a, in a pretty good sized class, this was an organization or at the time, the judging panel just didn't really move people around. They thought that they had a pretty good look. It wasn't a you know 50 person class. It was just, we can just put you all here. And my client was on the end, which was right in front of the final judge on that side. Uh, at the end of the day, the scoring, the two judges right in front of him gave him first place in that class. The two judges on the other end of the table gave him last place. Talk about bad judging, you know, simply because the head judge didn't move people around. I know in bikini and figure you've got walks and you're going to get a little bit more of a dynamic look that way. But those are the kind of things that whenever you are statically on the stage, just to be aware of is, is just how much different you look. That, that, that can play into it a little bit. Go ahead. I just want to add. So if it's great that you brought because that's what judging should should, judges should be doing everybody because sometimes you're in a, in a building with the lighting and it's not that friendly to your to your physique so you know if the best stage lighting is in the center and it's a close call or whatever like judges especially the head judge should be moving people to give that look if anybody watched the olympia this year they did that time and time and again um especially with like that top three top five they were moving people always like okay you're gonna get your time in the middle you're gonna get your time in the middle we're gonna move we're moving to this way and this way so that way everybody like there was no excuse like every judge kind of got that now i understand when you have three to five hundred athletes at a show that gets to be time consuming but there is still like you know i've judged some pretty big shows where they were split up to two days like you know you can find a way to make that work to where everyone gets a fair look and this may sound bad, but I mean, there are times where you're kind of like, okay, this is, these two are going to be battling it out. Like you can kind of tell. So we're going to look at them first, then we'll move them out to this side. Then we're going to move some other people in the middle. Cause now we got to figure out third, fourth, and fifth. Like you can kind of stagger and move, but at least everybody is going to get that straight on view. Cause to your point, like if I'm, and I've judged on the end before and I'm like, I can't tell, like, they look good, but I need to see them right in front. Like I want this person and this person to come and look at me because now I want to see them straight on because it does look different. Like how many times if you've ever watched the Arnold or the Olympia or you've seen pictures and you see pictures from the side, to me, that drives me nuts. It's like you can't get a lot from that side angle. You just can't. Great. There's somebody's glutes. Cool. What am I supposed to do with that? You know, give me the the class and the straight on view where I can look at everybody. So anyways. Adam, do you have any particular type of feedback from judges that you think is most useful? Uh, and and just kind of added on to that question, uh, when you are trying to help a client understand the difference between useful and just completely, you know, abnormal information, how, how do you how do you go through that? 
Yeah. Usually I talk them through it, it, especially if you get it in person. That's usually when you can just really read. And like you said, judge the judges. But I have certain judges I like to use. Um, but at the same time, I've I've done this a very long time. I, I don't want to waste anybody's time. So um, it's not necessarily I'll go to a judge if I have a conflict, but just if I feel like I need a nudge in the right direction because I thought my client looked perfect, you know. So there's always that. I think there's also a few things that could start being new standards across the board that we should look into. Um, I think there being... Uh, a standard on stage lighting would be super helpful. It needs to be the same everywhere. And I think we need a standard distance from the judges to the athletes and uh, a measured height as well. Um, now, I think that height, like seat height, so then it's going to be variable on the judge's height. But I think that would be helpful. And then the question is, how far do we take it? Do we stop putting sponsors on the banner so then the color is the same? But, you know, in basketball, you should be able to shoot on red, blue or green paint, you know, so maybe that could just be the home court advantage on knowing what background the stage is going to use. So then you're not using a suit that blends in too much. But um, I think these are things that could take our sport to the next level that I often think about. Sounds like we need to start our own organization. It'll be just like that. Have your uh, pre preset uh, objectives there and, and uh, eliminate some of those variables. Yeah, I think also just promoting them to the right people so they think about it. I, I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, let me let me close with this, and then we're going to move into our D1 Club portion. Um, I, I think the most useful information from a judge is exactly what Austin said, which is, you know, give me something that's actionable right now. Like, you did this. You don't need to do that. You need to work on this. When you start getting into conditioning, you know, maybe even if you are communicating with judges, if you're a competitor and judges give you feedback and you, you're able to, to inquire with a little follow-up question, you know, say, well, what do you mean when you say I need to be harder do you mean I, you know, the other women placed ahead of me because they were leaner or do you think it's just the way my body would look a little better or like, like, you know, ask one more question and understanding that a lot of these judges are maybe jotting down some notes and they don't know who you are. Some judges now, when you ask for uh, information for notes, they will literally go back to the film and rewatch you and give you some fresh notes, which I think is much, much better. Uh, but definitely, you know, maybe just kind of prompt them once in a while. If it's a judge that doesn't seem to be giving you very helpful, objective information, you know, follow up with that one extra question, you know, in relationship to what, you know, since you've never seen me before, do you mean this or do you mean that? You know, maybe if you can just just nudge them along, it could help a little bit. But uh, thank you guys for watching and listening to Contest Prep University. Uh, we're going to stop the official recording here, but if you are here for the D1 Club or those who are going to be watching that later, stay tuned. We're going to move into that right now.